The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust, episode 578. As we break out of the hidey hole, Wolfie is waiting for us right there, staring us down in the face, wondering what we've been up to since the last episode. What have we been up to, Wolfie? Have we been up to no good? Oh, we've been up to no good, actually. As you're about to see, as I step out of the the hidey hole here, uh, I got a lot of comments that I use accidentally only four pieces of uh, pink wool. Instead of five, to denote the five years of Firelands of Bust in order to make a little mini-monument. Well, guess what? You are all wrong! I used five pieces of pink wool! One, two, three, four, five. That would have been embarrassing if I miscounted again. (laughs) But yes, welcome back to Firelands of Bust, episode 578. Today, ooh, today is Thursday, March 31st. The final day of March, 2016. And we are going to continue on to those far lands. But first, I took a, a bit of time away from the camera and prettied up the five-year anniversary of Far Lands or Bust. That is five years since episode 11 was on March 28th, 2011. Episode 11 is when we actually first left our spawn place, our spawn house, our spawn area for the Western world of walking forever to the Far Lands. Yes, I know, Wolfie. Be patient. Uh, let's take a quick look at it, perhaps from a distance. I'm a little... Careful, Wolfie. I'm a little bit worried. Ooh, skeleton residue. Don't mind if I do. I'm slightly worried about the next thing I'm about to tell you. But I think you'll understand. I hope you'll understand. Will you understand? Let's walk all the way out here. Far, far away. <laughs> Let us... Do a 360, and there it is! The monument of five years since episode 11-ness, I guess, with five pink wools and a little bit of a staircase running up it. You may also notice, blinking in and out of the world because of the terrain offset jitters, a sign. A sign placed upon the fourth block from the ground. I did it, everybody. I'm afraid I did it. I had to do it. I pressed F3. I pressed F3 from upon that block. Upon that very block. Because the the fine folks who publish a an annual um, book of sorts, of, of, of record-keeping variety, uh, needed an updated number. To, to maintain the aforementioned records for such things like walking in Minecraft. And I, I needed to give, give a number, so that is where I decided to do it. it was, it's a significant place, so I, I, I took the burden upon myself to know the F3 number at that point. I will not share that with you, which is why I'm at this great distance. Uh, I took it upon myself to do that, to provide them with a new number to use. And uh, it was a significant place to do it, too. Uh, I would have probably had a little bit more reservations had they asked me, you know, in the middle of 
February or something when really nothing was going on. Uh, but this is significant. This is a nice number to know. Five years since walking at this exact point. Uh, at the end, uh, after I recorded that episode, I recorded one more day. I recorded the footage. Maybe I'll share it. It's really not that interesting. I basically just made a little bit of a base out of wood and stairs, some torches, and then did a, an actual alternating white-pink, uh, white-pink, 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 pink-pink, pink-wool thing. Uh, but then I pressed F3 there, and it basically it gives the number, and it says uh, gives the date, March 28th, 2016. Five years walking, I believe. And then I say GWR update F3, and then I give the F3 number. And, and that's what that sign says. So perhaps one day you will see that sign, but you will not know what the F3 number is until we reach our Child's Play charity goal. Uh, oh, I already took, I took some screenshots of that. We're fine, we're fine. Um, we, we have our memories. That turned out to be in our right place, to put that. Uh, but yeah, we won't press F3 publicly and, and for everybody here, and, and I won't be pressing F3 myself until we reach $60,000 raised for Child's Play Charity over at FarlandsRobust.com. That's our goal for Season 6 of the series. We are currently at $30,955.03. That's, that's, that's quite the number, my friends. All that money going directly to Child's Play Charity. Like I said, at farlandsorbust.com is where you can donate. You know, let's get kind of a distant shot, actually, now that I think about it. Distant shot with some naked sheep in the background and Wolfie in the front ground, maybe? Front ground? Is that what that's called? Foreground. It's called the foreground. Wolfie, jump! You screw! Jump! Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Ah, ooh, that was an action shot. There we go. Ah, that'll do. That'll do just fine. But yeah, Child's Play Charity, helping get toys, books, games to kids in hospitals around the world. I've been supporting them since June 2011. And and as it fades, ooh, that's even, ooh, I like that. People ask if I'm going to keep the fog. Just that, you know, I remember previously if we see something awesome or a monument like that, it has to pop out of existence. But that, it, it slowly, slowly gets enveloped by the fogs. That's nice. That's neat. It's amazing. And we're continuing on. So yeah, I was, uh, I, I was considering not even telling you guys, like, just, uh, you know, not even showing the fact that there was a sign on the other side, just being like, yeah, I made this, I, I fancied it up a little bit away from the camera, uh, just to, to get it proper with, with five pieces of pink wool as opposed to four. Uh, but no, no, I, I shall be truthful with you, uh, as you continue to support Far Lands Bust and Child's Play Charity. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it indeed. So yeah, that uh, I think is where that cookie crumbles. Oh, I do have a little bit of space news. I should have read more about this beforehand, because but I just saw like the headline. I didn't realize this at the time, but the next SpaceX launch, which is April eighth, I want to say, or ninth, or fourth. The beginning of April, within the first half of April, SpaceX is launching another Dragon capsule to the International Space Station, a resupply mission. And is this this is is this the first resupply mission since the the, the one that didn't make it? I think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure. All this information, just consider it false. <laughs> uh, but as part of this launch, they're also launching up 
a new module to the International Space Station. Huh? You may say? Modules haven't been going up to the International Space Station since the space shuttle days, because that's all that they would fit in, would be in the space shuttle but payload bay. Uh, but this one is going up, woo, in the, the trunk of the, uh, the, 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 the dragon capsule. There's the capsule, and then behind it there's like a trunk, is what they call it, where they can store additional things that don't need to be held within the vacuum, or I'm sorry, within the, uh, the capsule, the, the airtight capsule itself. Uh, but in the trunk is going to be an inflatable module, a test module made by Bigelow Airspace. It's essentially and and literally a balloon, a, a, a big balloon. Uh, uh, instead of having hard sides, hard aluminum or whatever sides, uh, walls that most all of the modules have on the International Space Station, well, all of the modules have, it is going to be basically fabric that when you pressurize the internal pressure is high enough to equal the internal pressure of all the hard-sided modules and this will be the first not the first of its kind the first of its kind on the space station Bigelow Airspace has actually already launched two of its own space stations quote-unquote they are simply satellites that are these pressurized soft-sided modules just to test and see how their durability and longevity is. Uh, and, and it was actually, this technology was actually, I believe, it started to be developed by NASA because there were original plans to have an inflatable module, uh, I think it was supposed to be the crew module even, uh, on the International Space Station. But when plans were scaled back to that uh, after the Columbia tragedy, uh, you know, things were just like, let's let's get the space station done as safely and uh, as, as kind of simply as we can. So there were a lot of modules and science and things that were uh, unfortunately canceled. And, and the the inflatable module was one of those that was canceled. And the, the technology or the patents, or I'm not sure how exactly things changed hand, was given to Bigelow, sold to, given to, I don't know, Bigelow Airspace, who continued to develop it and now... I'm surprised as early as the beginning of next month, uh, one will be sent up to the space station. Obviously, the advantage here is that you can send up the inflatable module deflated and compressed and compact, which saves weight and space uh, and volume in the launch platform. Uh, and then once it's up in space, you you inflate it and boom, suddenly you have all this... Well, well not boom. <laughs> you want the opposite of boom when you're dealing with an inflatable module. But And then, voila, or ta-da, you have a, a much larger space to work with on the inside without having to have hauled up, you know, a space shuttle's worth of a payload bay for a module. So that'll be something interesting to see. And, of course, SpaceX is also looking forward to getting another Dragon up to the International Space Station, as well as, once again, out of Florida, attempting another landing. Uh, I'm assuming this one will be another landing back on the coast, since I think the launch profile for the space station is, is, is good enough to turn around and land on dry land, as opposed to the barge for the first stage. So we'll be keeping an eye on that, and continuing on in the morning. Ooh. Ah. And awakeness. <laughs> I gotta my my snoring abilities need some practice. Uh 
I need to I need to see a snoring coach. But yeah, that's some interesting little space news for you. I had a bit of a scare before I started recording this episode. There was a Java update on my computer just prior. Hi, skeleton. Whoa. Okay, he was about to he was about to give me the beans. Uh, there was a, a Java update. You know, Java updates that, you know, when you say, yes, okay, update, then it's like, would you also like the Yahoo toolbar updated? No, screw you! But uh, there was a Java update, so I updated, and then I found that none of my Minecraft versions launched, not Farlands or Bust. I'm always a little bit weary that, like, the version of Farlands or Bust, Beta 173, is not going to be compatible with something in the near future. Uh, so that freaked me out, but then I noticed that none of my other Minecraft worlds or saves or or even profiles... Uh, versions were, were loading at all. Uh, so I kind of panicked a little bit and was looking around for solutions to see if anybody else had the same problem. Uh, it just turns out that when you do have a new version like that, it doesn't automatically update. Tavalove! Doesn't. Ooh, you took some damage there. Doesn't automatically update the Java arguments for the version of Java it loads with. And I'm. Whoop! Stay seated. I'm pretty sure it should, by default, load the 64-bit. But then again, <laughs> I don't know. Because it used to be that you had to specify in, like, a start file, a, a bat file or whatever, that uh, would say, yes, I want this to start with this version of Java, not the 32-bit version of Java. Murder! Murder! Oh, Wolfie, are you going to be able Oh, sneak attack! Sneak attack! Well done. Let's get out of here. So yeah, a little bit of a scare there. But all, all is fine. All seems to be working fine. I guess we'll find out if the game freezes and crashes halfway into it, but we'll be alright, I think. Oop, now we are over-encumbered. But let us carry on, and let us carry on perhaps answering questions. Got a bunch of questions here from donors. When you donate to Child's Play Charity, you can, ans you can answer you can answer a question if you'd like, or you can ask a question, uh, and then I will try to answer it in a future episode of Far Lands of Busts. This one from Joe F. again. Asking a whole bunch of questions. He was doing last week a donation a week or a donation a day, I think it was. So we got a bunch of questions from Joe F. And they weren't like, you know, they weren't like 50 cent donations or whatever. They were, they were very generous donations. So thank you, Joe F. from the UK. I'm a huge fan of Lego. Did you, did, did Lego have an influential... Influenza. An influential effect on you as a child, and if so, did it help you become more artistically inclined? I don't know about the artistically inclined. It certainly helped me. Yes, I was very much into Lego. I had a bunch. I had a big tub of Lego. A big old one of the big plastic moving bins of Lego. And uh, I had, like, the big... At the time, my prized possession was the big... The Black Sea Barracuda. The, the biggest of the pirate ships you could get at, you could get at the time. I had a space shuttle, like the second generation space shuttle. The first generation space shuttle was like really uh, expensive now. It's like really sought after. I think I had the second generation of the space shuttles. Um, I had a bunch of like race car things and, and other little piratey things. I had some of the space ones, like the really early space ones. I didn't really keep with a constant theme in the Lego worlds. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I had, like, a speedboat. I had a boat that was, like, actually, it had, like, a boat hull that was, you could, like, take in, in, in like, a pool or a, a tub with you or whatever. Uh, I think it was, like, a police boat or or maybe, no, I think it was, like, a, it was just, like, a yacht. It was a yacht. <laughs> my, my, my weekend yacht out on the, out, out on the, out on the, the, the lake. 
Um, so yeah, I was always I was really big into Lego or whatever. Uh, I don't know if it helped me be artistically inclined. Definitely those things, things like the Erector sets I had a bunch of, uh, plastic model airplanes and, and cars and things. Uh, certainly helped me. I even had like a, a train set up in the basement that was my dad's that we went ahead and set up. Uh, it's a, it was an O scale, which is a pretty large scale train set, but uh, you know, electric toy train set. Probably helped me be more mechanically inclined than, say, artistically inclined. What with working with your hands and following instructions and the problem solving and, and the, the engineering, I guess, a little bit of. So yeah, I think that certainly helped more in those arenas than, say, artistically inclined. Uh, even to the point, you know, when you try to, oh, I want to build this, I don't have the instructions for it, I'm not following any instructions, but I want to build this, finding all the pieces or whatever, that is kind of like what the pink sheep, <laughs> pink sheep, pink sheep. Oh, man, if we had just been a day and a half faster, we would have found this pink sheep at the five-year mark. Oh, boy. That is unfortunate. Uh, but that's fortunate that we found you. Now we can replenish our pink sheep supply. Pink wool protuberance. Uh, we've been placing down signs for the pink sheep lately. So let's place down the signs. The signs? Sign. This shall be the pink sheep of delayed five years attitude uh, and then today is uh, March 31st 2016 pink sheep pink sheep hey pink sheep oh you dang pink sheep you want to no you're not a pink sheep you're a gray sheep uh, let's get the wool from the pink sheep are you done being a pink sheep would you like to would you like to be free of your pink sheepitude? There you go. Get out in front of the sign so I can take a picture. No, I guess not. Alright, let's yoink. Ooh, you're so happy now. So happy. Yep. Two wool. Thanks, guy. <laughs> pink sheep. Oh, that was some good times. That was some good times indeed. Oh, you know what? Actually my axe is about to break. And my shovel. I just have enough. Oh man. I I need to find a Oh god, I'm <laughs> I've got too much stuff now. Ha ha ha. Uh you know what? You know what? Let's uh Let's do this really quick. Since we're here. Thank you for your pink wool, pink sheep, wherever you ended up. And in uh in response, I will give you an iron hoe. And in in inspired by our friend Etho. Can I do this? Excuse me. Nope, I can't. Whoop. There we go. There we go. That's an that's an that's an etho, that's a classic etho LP joke, everybody. Gather round as I as I tell you tales of 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 jokes I'm stealing from other people. <laughs> oh man. Alright, good times. Good pink sheepitude times. I forgot what I was talking about completely. Oh, the Lego thing? Yeah, I think I wrapped that up pretty succinctly. Succinctly? Succinctly? Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. This whole stream-a-day thing has really worn me out. 
Let's answer another question from who else, who else other than Joe F. from London. Ooh, we're, we're narrowing down on his location. Uh, he's been gluten-free, gluten intolerant since he was three. He's now 28. Have you seen any improvement to the quality of gluten-free produce in the U.S. since you discovered you also have the same issues? Issues. Uh, I mean, hmm. Well, certainly it has been because in the last year, two years, was it 2015 or 14, they passed a law that required if if a you know manufactured food has the label or the words on the packaging that says gluten-free that they have to have certain rigorous uh, checks to ensure that they're gluten-free, uh, as opposed to previously. You can just willy-nilly put that word out, gluten-free on anything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's no, like, governing body other than the FDA uh, and, and really, they're not—they're not the ones going around doing any testing. It's all the on the on the manufacturers' end. So yeah, in, I mean, in that regard, I'm starting to see. I guess food co- corporations are starting to realize: well, our food is already gluten-free. We know that for a fact. Might as well slap the label on it, and it means we're special. Uh, so you see a lot of that, which is uh, both helpful and and not maybe, but uh, it's hard to say because I was never looking for it. Prior, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a, a good analogy of like, did you notice this before you even had to try to notice it? You know, it's that, that's kind of the question, what it feels like a little bit. Um, yeah, I can't think of a good analogy or whatever. It's kind of like when you buy a car, a new car or whatever, any kind of car, suddenly you start seeing that car everywhere, <laughs> you know, on the road. You think you're getting like a unique car that you never see and you're like, oh, everybody has one of these. <laughs> so, uh, similarly... Uh, prior to being gluten-free or even knowing gluten intolerance or, or celiac was a thing, I wasn't on the lookout for it, so I, I wouldn't have any baseline to compare it with. Ooh, I just ate lunch. Lunch, voice, lunch, voice. Burp, burp. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, certainly it's been in, uh, increasing and improving, and I'm noticing, you know, Walmart has a uh, gluten-free section in, in their freezer, uh, they they sometimes have one out in the dry goods area. Uh, the, still, the best places to really find a lot are the 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 um, the, the gourmet, the the whole foodsy type of uh, organic stores. Your place. Well, there's not that many. There's surprisingly, well, maybe not surprisingly, but there's not that many Whole Foods. I think there's just a couple in the Phoenix area. Uh, but there's a lot of this place called Sprouts. Sprouts is kind of uh, Trader Joe's, without being as pretentious as Trader Joe's, uh, and I've actually had problems finding gluten-free stuff at Trader Joe's. I just perhaps don't like the place, and I get confused and disoriented, and I don't want to get out. But uh, yeah, the Sprouts has really good stuff. Uh, a good a good selection of gluten-free items. They're they're kind of expensive, actually. Well, actually, Sprouts they tend to have like all gluten-free items, fifty percent off or twenty-five percent off sometimes. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so yeah, I suppose the. The increase in availability is only because I've increasingly paid attention to it, and uh, but yeah, it's so far so far so good. We've had no trip ups or missteps on that front, so I do appreciate all of your donations, Joe, as well as your questions. Let's go to sleep and continue in the morning. <laughs> And awakeness, and wow, 
an improvement twofold of our snoring abilities since the last night. That was that was that's some good snoring you did there, Kit. Thanks. <laughs> Self-congratulatory snoring. Uh, this question didn't come with a, a, a like name attached to it, but they reference somebody in the question, so I'm assuming they'll know who they are. But uh, here we go. Lizzie Busy B is a person or a subject of of this these questions. So if if you yourself are or know Lizzie Busy B, then then this is associated with you. Uh, just had her appendix taken out for appendicitis. Have you or any of your siblings had an appendectomy? Ooh, I said that right. I didn't expect myself to say that right, but I did. Uh, no, I have never had any sort of uh, internal bodily surgeries. Uh, the only surgeries I've had were, were, were all dental. Dental plan! What, with the removing of wisdom teeth or removing of the little flappy thing that connects the flappy bird that connects your, your lip to your gums? Which was completely pointless, by the way, as I mentioned many times. Uh, but I got that. Uh, as well as... Uh, no, that was really it. So yeah, I've never had any of those. I've never had my tonsils out or anything like that. Uh, nor nor appendixes or, or, or whatever else gets removed from bodies that aren't necessary. Are kidneys necessary? I think kidneys are necessary. You can't just remove your kidneys. Just go... <laughs> Don't need those anymore. Just pop them out. Uh... <laughs> So, no, I I don't think... No, none of my siblings have either. Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't... We have, we've, we've been fairly lucky and have not spent much of any time in hospitals. I don't think. Second question. Uh, might have answered it prior, but let's answer it again, maybe. On your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, what kind of jelly do you prefer? Lizzie Busybee prefers grape. M-Star, ooh, a second subject enters the ring. M-Star prefers strawberry. You must decide which is better. Only you have the power, Coach A. Mac. Answer the greatest question of our time. Grape versus strawberry jelly. Well, I'm going to go with a third-party candidate and say raspberry. Raspberry preserves, not jelly, not jam. Preserves are, are what I would use. Mostly because that's simply the jelly I have around because that's what I like on toast. But strawberry is pretty good too. Grape. I haven't had grape jelly in a long time. That's what I always used to have as a kid was a grape jelly. But uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've had my fair share of strawberry jellies. Strawberry preserves. I'm sorry, would be my preference. I, I preserve. I, pre I prefer the pre preserves. <laughs> preserve. I prefer the preserves. There we go. That's a difficult thing to spit out. But yeah, the the raspberry preserves are going to be my choice there. Uh, also, I, I also have a, a a fondness for your your orange marmalades, uh, but haven't in a while. That that I preferred a lot more on your English muffins, but I've yet to have found any sort of English muffin that is gluten free that is that is of of interest to me. I've, I I when I first went gluten free. That was kind of one of the things that I had to replace because I was always eating English muffins. I could never find. There were ones I would find that were nice and soft and like bready, but they just they looked like hamburger buns. Was, you know, just the bottom side of hamburger buns is what they seemed like to me. They taste like too the gluten-free hamburger buns. Uh, and then there were like the the rice and uh, kind of seed ones. 
That were just way too hard. They're, they're, they're all lacking in the nooks and the crannies. And, and, and you can't have an English muffin without the nooks and the crannies. Uh, which I'm sure is a byproduct of having gluten causes such situations in, in the baking process. So I, I gave up on the, the English muffin finding of gluten-freeness and uh, am now mostly entirely on bagels. The gluten-free bagels are all right. Uh, so I stick with those. Uh, or toast if I'm... I normally, I, I normally don't have toast unless I'm also having like eggs. Like an actual proper breakfast. Uh, it's it's a bagel if I'm having your your oatmeal or cereal or something. Gluten free, of course. But uh, yeah, did I go off on a tangent there? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that that uh, the grape versus strawberry jelly is still up in limbo. When I was in what's the one in in Portland and in Oregon they had it every breakfast place. It's like boysenberry or loganberry or there's some very special Oregonian berry jam jelly. That is is very well known. Boysen boysenberry, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that was pretty good too. A mixed berry, if you will. But I prefer the raz, the raspberry preserves. The real question is crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Oh, everybody, fight, fight, fight! <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go over here and check this place out. This is kind of cool. It's like a little cavern, a canyon, a crevasse, if you will. So thank you, I suppose, Lizzie Busy Bee and M-Star for at least being part of that question. I'm not sure on whose behalf it came from, but thank you. Gemli, Gemli, oh, they gave me, you can pronounce it Gemli. I did, I did pronounce it Gemli, thank you. Uh, ooh, Gemli from, you're from Finland, asks, Oh, that's a cactus on top of there. That's awesome. And that, 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 and that's a good place for a monument. It looks like a, like a cathedral or a church of some description. Uh, the, the church of the of the cacti. Of the single blocked cacti. I should watch where I'm going. I'm going to single walk into a cacti. Uh, Gemali says, I just happened to be chowing down on some homemade, medium rare liver steak while watching Farlands Bust. The whole situation got me wondering, what, if any, non-meat parts of carnivorous diet do you prefer? Liver? Heart? Kidneys? <laughs> People are having their, the appendix, perhaps? <laughs> those, those are just flying out like gangbusters. <laughs> uh, even bone marrow? Additionally, or alternatively, do you like your meat products best rare, medium, or dry, as in a 2 by 4 uh, We were just having this discussion on a, on a Twitch stream. Oh yeah, it was when I was with Mindcrack, and they were making fun of Vintage Beef for liking his steak well done. Uh, medium rare is the way to go. Uh, I'll, if it's like a special place, or a special cut of steak, I'll ask y y the, the chef's recommendation, because they usually have a, a preferred, they're the, one, they're the ones behind the, the lines there, so they have a preferred way. Uh, that's specifically important with your, uh, your ribeyes and, and other fillets and whatnot, cuts of meat that are a little bit more specialized. Or, you know, a little bit more taste-dependent, I suppose. But if I was getting a, your standard sirloin or whatever, medium-rare, medium-rare. I don't like, you know, I like it, I don't like it cold. I like it warm. I need a warm pink center. A And, uh, yeah, so so that's that's that answer. As opposed, as, as for the, the non-meat 
parts of a of a of an animal? Uh, none whatsoever, really. I used to when I was little. I you know I liked the bone marrow. Uh, it's like off of like chicken. <laughs> you know you get a you get a drumstick or whatever, and if it's soft enough or whatever, you can take a take a bite out of the end of it and have some bone marrow or whatever it was an interesting flavor but I don't it's not something I know people like you can get like bone marrow pate or something and like have a whole bone split open and go at it with a fork but uh, no I know I don't do that I don't I've never I don't think I've ever eaten like the heart or liver of an animal liver doesn't sound good <laughs> sounds like it's uh, and and you know I from time to time even even flirt with the idea of going non meat dietarily, uh, but uh, that is you know we're, we're doing the gluten thing is is a challenge enough, so perhaps in the future I'll be able to find the willpower to do such a thing. But uh, but no I don't, and I got it's probably important maybe that you you specified you're from Finland. Is that a very common uh, thing? In Finland, to have to use to, to use all the parts, to use all the giblets, <laughs> to to have the liver steak, or or whatever parts of the animals. So hmm, not so much not so much here in the United States is that a common occurrence. Woof, Wolfie agrees. Although I don't think Wolfie minds, <laughs> honestly. Whoa, let's not uh, find out where that ends up. But we're about to find out where this episode ends up. Hey, because we're reaching the end of it as the sun sets here. Still got a bunch more questions to get to, but you can add yours to the list at farlandsbus.com. And hey, if you do so on Friday, it may get answered during Farlands or Bus Friday, which will continue. It would have not happened again, but this April 1st is a Friday. And it'll be Farlands Bus Friday, so we will be recording Saturday's episode of Farlands Bus live on Twitch on Friday, and that's a spawner, so we're gonna move a little bit further away from that. So yeah, twitch.tv slash KurtJMac on Friday. Of course, if you do miss it, that's no problem, because that episode will go up on Saturday. But I do appreciate you spending part of your possible Thursday or whatever following day you're gonna end up watching this on with me and Wolfie and uh, yeah I'm very very excited about uh, what uh, new and new and exciting events and ideas and fun times we can have now that stream a weekday is up where we'll be we've learned a lot about ourselves about live streaming and about each other and about Wolfie come on Wolfie get on up Get on up! There, up, up! No, oh, oh, dang it! I just made you just sit down in the water. Come on! Hey, you guy with the ears! Oh God! No, I'm. There we go. Have a seat. Okay, that's a, that's a sheep. We're fine. All right, let's let's dig in for the end of the episode here, before we run into some problems. Yeah, same thing, pig. Ooh, iron! Didn't I just say I needed iron? Oh, oh, a single piece of iron. Uh, <laughs> that was just a single piece of iron. Let's cover up here. Did I say farlandsabus.com to keep donating Child's Play charity? I think I did. I do appreciate everybody getting us to $30,000 before the end of the month. And I hope you can continue that momentum as we start to approach yet another year into Farlands or Bustitude. 
Um, gosh, I am a bit over encumbered here. Let's make some beds for the next episode. Oh my. Uh, I don't think I have enough room for these beds. No, I don't. All right. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. Oh. We did. Oh, we didn't use. We really didn't use that many bed or uh, boats today. So I guess that's why my inventory is still a little bit full. Um, but yeah, you know what? Since I'm here, since I'm here, where else am I gonna be? Let's maybe smelt some iron for ourselves. Well, all we got is three, but that's all right. Bing, and you know what? Let's let's burn a bunch of sticks because that's speaking of having our inventory full, that's gonna be a problem soon. But yeah, thank you everybody for for watching and uh, for donating and for for being awesome. My name is Kurt. I will see you next time. A big balloon.